So the verse, um, Lord Krishna blessed Maya Devi by saying, in different places on the surface of the earth, people will give you different names, such as Durga, Bhadrakali, Vijay, Vaishnavi, Kumuda, Chandika, Krishna, Madhavi, Kanyaka, Maya, Narayani, Ishani, Sarada, and Ambika. Now this Krishna has a line over the A, so it's Krishna, so it's kind of indicating Krishna, Krishna-like, you know, associated with Krishna. You know, it's not like they're giving her the name, Krishna's name. So, so I say, you can repeat, Lord Krishna blessed Maya Devi. Lord Krishna blessed Maya Devi. By saying, by saying, in different places on the surface of the earth, on different places on the surface of the earth, people will give you different names, people will give you different names, such as Durga, such as Durga, Badra Kali, Badra Kali, Vijaya, Vijaya, Vaishnavi, Vaishnavi, Kumuda, Kumuda, Chandika, Chandika, Krishna, Krishna, Madhavi. Kanyaka, Maya, Narayani, Ishani, Sarada, and Ambika. Purport by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada. <coughs> because Krishna and His energy appeared simultaneously, people have generally formed two groups, the Saktas and the Vaishnavas and sometimes there is rivalry between them. Essentially, those who are interested in material enjoyment are saktas, and those interested in spiritual salvation and attaining the spiritual kingdom are Vaishnavas. Because people are generally inter interested in material enjoyment, they are interested in worshiping Mayadevi, the energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Vaishnavas, however, are sudha-saktas, or pure bhaktas, because the Hare Krishna Mahamantra indicates worship of the Supreme Lord's energy, Hara. A Vaishnava prays to the energy of the Lord for the opportunity to serve the Lord along with his spiritual energy. <clears throat> Thus, Vaishnavas all worship such deities as Radha Krishna, Sita Ram, Lakshmi Narayan, and Rukmini Dorkadish. Whereas Durga Saktas worship the material energy under different names. The names by which Maya Devi is known in different places have been listed by Vallabhacharya as follows. In Varanasi, she is known as Durga. In Avanti, she is known as Badrakali. In Orissa, she is known as Vijaya. And in Kalahapura, she is known as Vaishnavi or Mahalakshmi. The representatives of Mahalakshmi and Ambika are present in Bombay. In the country known as Karampura, she is known as Chandika. In northern India, as Sarada. And in Cape Comorin, in Kanyaka, uh, as Kanyaka. Thus, she is distributed according to various names in various places. Sri Vijay, Vijayadava Tirtapad <coughs> in his Padaratnavali Tika has explained the meanings of the different representations. 
Maya is known as Durga because she is approached with great difficulty, as Bhadra because she is auspicious, and as Kali because she is deep blue. Because she is the most powerful energy, she is known as Vijay. Because she is one of the different energies of Vishnu, she is known as Vaishnavi. And because she enjoys in this material world and gives facilities for material enjoyment, she is known as Kumuda. Because she is very severe to her enemies, the Asuras, <coughs> she is known as Chandika. And because she gives all sorts of material facilities, she is called Krishna. In this way, the material energy is different, uh, is differently named and situated in different places on the surface of the globe. Once again, the verse. <clears throat> Lord Krishna blessed Maya Devi by saying, in different places on the surface of the earth, people will give you different names, such as Durga, Bhadrakali, Vijaya, Vaishnavi, Kumuda, Chandika, Krishna, Madhavi, Kanyaka, Maya, Narayani, Ishani, Sarada, and Ambika. Om Gyanata Marindasya Gananjana Shalakaya Chakshur Unmilitam Jina Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manobishtam Shtadi Tam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadamayam Dadanti Swapadanti Kam Panchakalpata Rubyas Chakri Basindabhivacha Patitanam Pavanebio Vaishnavebio Namo Namaha. So, um, so once again, this conversation between Krishna and uh, uh, Maya Devi continues. Um, he's still saying this is the result, or he's telling her what the result will be uh, from his taking birth in the womb of Mother Jashoda. You see. Uh, everyone knows that story. Why? Why is? Why does? Why is she going to take birth in the uh, uh, in the womb of Mother Jashoda? Huh? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> What's going on here? What what kind of trickery is going on? Krishna's got something up his sleeve, mm. and it's not his elbow. They're going to trick Kamsa. This is a big, you know, Kamsa's waiting to kill uh, Krishna. You know, he knows that uh, Devaki is going to give birth to Krishna. He's been warned. So he's got Devaki and uh, <coughs> Vasudev in prison. He's got them locked up under 24 hour guard. They can't go anywhere. So he's watching, just waiting for this child to be born. He knows this child is going to be, this child Krishna, when he's born from Devaki, is going to kill him. So he's just, he's really worried sick, literally. He's, he can't sleep. He's just like, oh boy, when's this going to happen? When's this, this Krishna's going to come and kill me? Just because I'm a demon. You know? I mean, I don't mean any harm. Well, I do mean harm, but it's, it's, it's for good. Well, it's for my own good, but anyway, I'm not that bad a guy. I'm just a demon. You know, why does God have to come and kill me? <coughs> Excuse me. People have a way of uh, 
uh, condoning what they do. You know, what's, that, what's that called? Rationalization? Mm-hmm. You rationalize. Or justification. Yeah, justify. That's a, yeah, I did something. Uh, well, it wasn't that bad. Well, I mean, you made me do it anyway. It's this, I, what I used to, I used to listen to what I called the, uh, the three Ds. First of all, someone does something heinous and you approach them and they, they flat deny it. No, I didn't. And then they, uh, they uh, try to uh, either defend it or deflect it or both. <clears throat> you know, first of all, they flat out deny No, I didn't. No, you did this crazy thing. No, I didn't. Well, you know, it wasn't that bad. It was only this way, this way. So they immediately turn right around and kind of admit it, but they're trying to make it out like it wasn't so much, you know. Well, I mean, it was only this and that. It wasn't like you say, you see. Anyway, then they try to deflect it. Anyway, if you hadn't been the way you had, I wouldn't have done that. You see, so that they deny it, defend it, deflect it to you or somebody else. Somebody else's fault. You know, the demons have a, uh, uh, it's a demonic trait. You see, the devotees, uh, when, when we're advanced, when we have some advancement, we don't do that. You, know, you take it on the chin. I goofed up. I made a mistake. I did something wrong. You know, we're associating with devotees. Devotees are all forgiving. I mean, if the, if the, you may be associating with somebody who's not very advanced, they may not be forgiving. You know, they may want to browbeat you a little bit. <clears throat> and you feel like, well, if that's what you want to do, you know, I'm still going to be happy in Krishna, conscious, uh, Krishna consciousness, but I'm going to try to learn something from this and move on. You know, I made a mistake or I did something wrong, so I won't, I won't do this again. You see, like that, and learn learn from the experience. So anyway, uh, back to the story. We've got Kumsa's uh, uh, worried that this child that Devaki's going to deliver is going to kill him. So uh, Krishna is having uh, Mahamaya. <coughs> Excuse me, <coughs> Yogamaya. Yogamaya. He wants her to take birth in the womb of Mother Yashoda who is across the Yamuna River. And Krishna takes his birth from Mother Devaki. And then, as, uh, you know, an, an interesting thing happens. Um, the, the doors were left unlocked mysteriously. All the guards that were guarding Vasudeva and Devaki were asleep. So he took his newborn son, Krishna, and carried him across the uh, Jamuna River, which was kind of stormy, it was the river was up, but the river cooperated to let him, you know, uh, he went across and then uh, he switched. He took Mahamaya, I mean, excuse me, Yogamaya, she had taken her birth from Mother Yashoda, and she's weak in childbirth from, you know, from childbirth. She didn't know if she'd had a boy or a girl at this particular moment. She's like kind of really out of it. So he switched the babies. He left Krishna with Mother Yashoda, and he brought Yogamaya back across and put went back into the prison. You see, so the whole trick—and I might be giving away the story—but it's okay. It's, it's glorious to hear it, even if we know, we always know the ending anyway. 
So the trick here is it, it's, it's a, uh, an end run, so to speak, on Kamsa. So Kamsa hears that this baby has been born and he comes expecting it's going to be Krishna, but it's Yoga Maya. So he knows the difference by looking at the child. Yeah, as soon as he sees, he can, he can tell, you know, this is, this is some other uh, entity. It's a girl, some other entity. So she begins to float. You know, she just floated out of out of reach. So Kamsa couldn't. Had he seen Krishna previously with uh, this baby? No, no, he hadn't seen Krishna. He didn't know that Krishna had been born. I also have a question about number seven. I mean, I know that one was transferred to Rohini. Yeah. Balaram. Yeah. Was there actually a birth for number seven? Or? Yeah, from Rohini. Yeah. But Devaki didn't have the seventh child. Uh, yeah, I believe she did. The child in the womb of... Uh, well, there, there was a switch. Yeah. 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 As part of, part of Yoga Maya's job was to lure uh, Lord Balaram from one room, uh, womb to another. You see. You're, you're in Devaki's womb. Come over here to Yashoda. You see. I mean, to uh, Rohini. You see. So uh, anyway, it's an interesting thing that's going on. Very uh, tricky. Krishna's uh, heart. <laughs> he's very hard to trick. You know. So he's he's doing the trick. Uh, Kamsa's thinking, oh, I've got this all figured out. You know, I've got you in prison. As you give birth, I'll kill the children. If I kill the children, none of them can kill me. I am so smart. I'm ahead of the game, you see. So, um, uh, anyway, Krishna is continuing his, uh, he's telling the future of Maya Devi. If you do this, if you take your birth in this way, you're born in the womb of Mother Yashoda, it'll give you such fame. You know, Mother Yashoda, uh, one of the uh, meanings is giver of fame, one who gives fame. So just by, by taking your birth, and he's telling her, you know, what uh, what's going to happen? You know, you're going to go, you're going to be worshipped by all these different names and all these different places. You see, so um, a devotee right away starts to think, well, wait a minute, now why would people start to worship? You've got Krishna born, and then. Yogamaya is born. Well, wouldn't Krishna kind of outshine Yogamaya? I mean, why why would people start to worship Yogamaya and not Krishna? You see? Well, it's as it says here, um, she is approachable in a different way than Krishna. You don't have to go surrender to her. You can you, you can approach her, do some worship, and get some material benefit. You see, as we were talking last night in Bhagavad Gita class, you know, it, a lot of times people want to approach the demigods for material enjoyment, for material gain, you see. Now, <clears throat> many of them already know that this energy that the demigods have comes from Krishna, you see. And they're intelligent enough that, to know that, well, you know, I could go directly to the source, I could go directly to Krishna to ask for my material. But I don't want to. I don't want to get that close to Krishna. 
you know. Some people are very intelligent, you know. I don't want to get that close to Krishna. He's going to snag my heart, you see. He's going to steal my heart. I'm going to end up falling in love with him. And I'm going to let go of my material desires. I may get some, some of the things or all of the things that I ask him for, but ultimately I'm going to be like Dhruva Maharaj and I'm going to consider them like little pieces of broken glass, you see. So Krishna, whereas he may fulfill my material desires, he's also going to eventually, anyway, dissolve my material desires. I'll become so attracted to him that uh, I'm going to lose my material desires. And, and I don't want to do that, you see. I don't want to do that. I want to maintain my material desires, which is kind of the way we find most of the people that we encounter in the material world, you see. People have these material uh, situations, and they don't want to give them up. They don't want to let go. They're so attached, even though it may be better for them to give them up. So many people are attached to intoxication, you see. They're, they, and they, they, they know logically, you can say, hey, look at the statistics. If you do this or if you do that, it harms your body. It's not good for you, you see. And they say, oh, okay, yeah, and, and, uh, well, I'm going to work on that. You know, instead of just laying it down and walking away, which they could do, but they, well, I don't want to let go of it. I want to I maintain this activity, this enjoy, what I consider enjoyment. It's not enjoyment, you see, but I'm allowing my mind to function in such a way that I determine that when I do this, when I ingest this substance, I am enjoying see when you see somebody who's intoxicated you know uh, they don't always seem like they're enjoying now they may have something going on in their intoxicated mind you know that maybe tells them that they're enjoying at certain some certain point but they also many times we see intoxicated people get very angry very quickly very emotional you see you know, back in the hippie days, the hippies would do LSD and sometimes one minute they'd be feeling very happy, you know, and the next minute they're very, really down and afraid and, you know, they're going, that's why they called it a trip, you know, tripping, because they were going through all these different phases, you see. And if you were looking at it, if you were uh, sober and watching it, you'd think, wow, <laughs> you're really, you're, you're kind of, you got to be suffering. That cannot be fun. You know, you're you're all over the place here. Your emotions are up and down and sideways, and you see. But it's a function of our minds. Our minds can determine or make a determination. This is enjoyment. You see. Yes, bro. Isn't it like a? Yeah, we surrender control to Krishna. That's like surrendering control to this brother, so you don't have to. Do exactly. Your mind is under exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's our nature, really, to be under the spell of something. You know, uh, it's just like I was listening when I was coming across the desert. I was listening to this really sweet tape of Shula Prabhupada. Uh, uh, it's uh, I think it's 1972 when he was in Dubrovnik, and it's the his last day there. Uh, he's like there for four days or something, maybe a little bit longer. And all of the all of them were really nice.
classes, he had really serious classes. But the last day he was leaving, he was going to go to Calcutta. And you should listen. I'm sure you've heard it, but it's just, it's just sweet. But Prabhupada was in this giddy mood. You know, he was just uh, going to be leaving the devotees. He's going to India. He's had a wonderful trip to Nubrindava, and he was so happy. And he was giggling. He was giving class, and he's t- talking about this Krishna. He just stopped, <clears throat> and he paused, and he said, this Krishna, is, he is so sweet. This Krishna consciousness is so nice. It is so nice. He said, this Krishna, he is so kind that he lures our mind. He, he, he takes our consciousness. He, how you say, hypnotizes us. He, yes, we are hypnotized by this Krishna. He is so sweet, you see. So Prabhupada was, was having this experience with Krishna, and you can hear it through the class, and he's laughing, and, and he would get everyone to laugh, and then he would just be quiet for a few seconds, and he would say, he is so sweet. So sweet. <laughs> so so uh, I say that to, <clears throat> to illustrate, it is our tendency to be under the spell of something, you see. Now we may say, Sometimes people think, well, no, I'm my own thinker, I'm my own man, or I'm my, <clears throat> my own woman, you know. But no, you're influenced by something, you see. Sometimes we see, um, excuse me, <clears throat> we see people that are on some uh, mission, and they take it as their personal mission, whether it's uh, animals' rights or... <clears throat> Uh, female rights or what, whatever you see that's my own personal mission well you've been you're under the influence of somebody else you can tell because you'll you, you can start to talk to people and try to reason with them they don't want to listen to reason it's just no it's all this you see I'm under this influence I'm under the influence and so sometimes you can get through and say well you know what you're saying is partially right you know the rights of the animals, or the rights of the women, or gay, whatever, you know. Nate, put, put your group here. <laughs> Fill in your group here. Yes, there's probably, I'm sure in this material world, some, if not many, of their rights are being violated. But it's nothing like the picture that you're painting. You're, you're overstating, you see. You're under the influence of a movement. You see, and it's difficult to reason and get right down <coughs> to it. Um, <coughs> people get under under the influence of uh, uh, sports. They get under the influence of uh, of the desire for money. Uh, they get under the influence of uh, the desire for uh, their social appearance. You know, what country club did? to join, where to move. We want to move into this neighborhood because they have this country club and if I live there, I'm going to have this identity. You know? And then people say, oh, where do you live? Oh, I live in such and such estates. Oh, are you a member of the country club? Oh, yes. Yes, we are a member of the country club. So now I've painted my image to you. See, I'm under this influence. I'm not thinking clearly. Well, wait a minute. 
if it wasn't for this image that I wanted to paint for everybody, is this where I would go? Is this the right uh, uh, buy? Is this the right bang for my buck as far as where to live? You know, I've been influenced into thinking a different way, you see. So, um, um, people have this tendency to uh, be influenced by something. We're saying, please, come and let Krishna influence you. You'll be under the spell of Krishna. <clears throat> come and be hypnotized by Krishna. He will do it. This is why people... Uh, uh, intelligent people in, in, in India, they avoid approaching this Krishna. They would rather go to Lord Shiva or Ganesh, you see. I'm not going to fall in love with them. They're not going to hypnotize me. You see, I go, I go do some puja. I make some offering. I get some, my reward, and I go away. You see, then I take it, and I go spend it. And, and I know that I can repeat the process when necessary. They'll, they'll keep it coming. I'm not going to get tripped up, you know. Ganesh isn't going to say, why don't you surrender to me? I am the, I am the most desirable object, you see. Krishna, if you approach him, uh, he's going to say to you sooner or later, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> He's going to appeal to you. Hey, don't you see? I'm Krishna. I'm what you really want. You don't really want these things that you're asking me for. You really want me. Now come on, admit it, don't you? Come on. Give me a smile. You can do it. You see? <laughs> Krishna, he's going to work on you like that. He's going to, he's going to cast his spell. So, uh, therefore, why... Why go to this Krishna if I'm so attached to my material desires? I want this material uh, <clears throat> uh, result. So, Krishna's not the place to go. He's going to take away my desire. You see, I have the foolishness. You see, I'm under the influence. It's like what I was talking about people who, are, who have their, their particular um, um, causes. You see, you can try to show how it's really not as bad as, as, uh, as you're saying. Because they're, they're emotional. They're all caught up in emotion. You know, this, this, this is being uh, done. <clears throat> that's being done. This mistreatment is going on. It's all, it's, you know, the situation, as I said, is bad that they started out with. But it's nothing like what the, the picture that they're painting. And you can try to give them reason. But no, they don't want, they don't want you to take away this picture that they have, this material concept of a need. We need to get together. We need to change the world so that this, you say, and you're saying, well, no, no, it's really like, like this or that. No, no. You know, it's just like, <laughs> they go on. It's like people are affected by, um, the, 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 a big thing that I see are the conspiracy theorists. You know, they're everywhere. They've got all these conspiracies. Everything's a conspiracy. You know, did you have a question for me? Uh, I just, I, I'm always, because I talk to people all the time in the sport, I'm always trying to understand how they think in India. Never have been there, but it seems like a lot of groups, like the worship and so forth, they see Krishna as 
more or less on the same level as, yeah. as Shiva. Yeah. I don't know. Do they see a supreme personality of God? Uh, a lot of times people will see Lord Shiva as the Supreme, the, the Shivites that, that I've talked to, they, the, the Kashmiri Shivites. They see Shiva as the Supreme. <clears throat> you know, how they get there is kind of hard to understand. You know, it's, you know, I mean, you read the Srimad Bhagavatam, there's so many, <laughs> so much of the Vedic literature has established Krishna as the Supreme. But, uh, but then uh, there are people who look you right in the eye and say, no, Durga, Durga is the Supreme. You know? Some people will tell you Durga is, is God because she influences Krishna. You know, where do you get that? Where in the Bhagavatam or in the Upanishads or where does it say that? Well, you know, they may have said, well, you know, Swami snatched a dollar was telling me this or that, and, and it says in his book that uh, that Bhagavatam says this, but that actually means this. And what's what's our reply when we want to persuade them that Krishna is a supreme person? My re my reply is that I'm I'm not going to arm wrestle with anybody. You see, uh, I'm not here to convert anybody. That's not my job. My job is to distribute. See, uh, Lord Chaitanya broke into the storehouse of love of Godhead. He broke in. And he distributed it freely. He said, here, take, take it. You see? We just, we're, we hand it out. We give the, the ability to have love of Godhead. It's just like if, I, if, the, uh, if the lottery is uh, uh, $300 million, and I'm walking around giving out a lottery ticket to everybody for $300 million. I can give it to you. I can't make you go cash it in. I can't make you put it in your pocket and keep it. I can hand it to you. You may not even touch it. You may say, no, I don't want that. No. So that's your choice. That's your free will. But we have the lottery ticket. We've got the winning ticket to Krishna Prama. All the way, we're talking major leagues, socking the ball over the fence. This is all the way. Krishna Prem, Goloka Vrindavan. You know, you don't have to meditate in a, in a secluded place. You don't have to do all these things that have been required in past ages. Just take it here. It's your no requirements. Chantare Krishna, no rules. And through this chanting of Hare Krishna, you will. Uh, develop a desire to serve Krishna. You will start to serve Krishna. You will uh, you will attain um, the path of bhakti yoga, which will lead you to uh, Krishna Prem. You see. So, if I, I I tend maybe to be a little proud of what I have, what I'm offering, and I if somebody wants to argue, I just think okay. Very good. You have your opinion. You're, you're entitled to your opinion. I've said what I have to say. You know, I've tried to give you uh, Krishna Prema, give you some knowledge of Krishna consciousness. I'm talking about Krishna. So, if nothing else, perhaps the seed has been planted. 
You know, you may feel this way and you, you may continue for some time, but at least you'll, you've heard this Maha Mantra. You see, you've heard it. Now you know that it's on the menu. That it's, it's something you can order. You can actually order this. Uh, you can choose to follow this path of bhakti yoga. But if you're attached to what you have, don't let me hurt your faith. You've got to, you have to change it. Krishna gives us faith whenever we follow, if we choose to be a follower of, of Lord Shiva, he gives us the faith to do that. He wants us, if we want, he wants us to choose him. We're not twisting any arms, you know. This isn't, uh, you know, a lot of times you have these salespeople and they're selling a product that's inferior. You know, it's, it's not as good as other products. Maybe it's almost as good. You know, so they have to sell a little harder just to get you to buy it. We're not like that. We've got the, we've got the, the topmost, topmost pure love of Godhead, you see. So it, we want to make it available to everybody, but we're not, uh, what's that term? Uh, we don't give them the hard sell, you know. We're not arm twisters. Now we'll help them. Sometimes people are, are interested. They're very interested. They're about ready to make the decision. They kind of want to approach Krishna. They kind of want to stay in Maya or whatever. We'll help them. Sometimes we'll be a little pushy with somebody when we see that they're, they're really wanting to, to do this, but they're still tangled up in some material nonsense. Well, we'll help them. But as far as someone saying, well, no, I believe Shiva is God. Very good. Thank you very much. <laughs> but you're in a very unique situation. You know, your position, your service is, is very, it's a very valuable service. You know, it's valuable. Uh, the service that you perform for the community is very valuable uh, for the community and for you as well. You get to interface with so many people, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're like our uh, our best foot forward. You know, you're the you're the guy uh, that's going to represent because there's not so much interface with everybody else. You know, a little bit. You know, with the cash register, some interface, but uh, but you know, you're there and you, you see everybody. You know, as they come in. So, anyway, it's a good, it's really a good service. I just lost that a long time. That's all. Yeah, just don't be pushy. You know, sometimes people want that. That's a material thing. It's a false ego thing. You know, oh, you think differently than me. Well, let's see who can win here. You know, it's like a, a frivolous sport. I'll bet you I can hit the golf ball further than you. Oh, you play golf? Oh, what's your handicap? You know, and you say, well, mine's 92. Oh, yeah, well, mine's 78. You see, it's just the false ego of the material world. And everybody's caught up in that. You know. What school are your children going to go to? Oh, they're going to go to uh, Dartmouth. Oh, oh, well, 
our little Johnny is going to Yale, you know. <laughs> One upsmanship of the material world. So don't let them lure you in, you know. Just be confident, almost to the point that, of being cocky, but not quite, you see. Just know you've got Krishna, you see. Which gives the devotee such confidence, we've got Krishna. You know, I don't know what you're selling. I don't know what kind of philosophy you guys have. I mean, this summer when I was preaching in Austin, you can imagine Austin, Texas. You know, <laughs> you wouldn't believe everything. I mean, everybody. Every they, there's every kind of philosophy in, in the world is there. You know, <laughs> and all some sort of a Mayavadi thing. You know and so many people believing that they're God and whatever. And uh, when you hear, when you see all these people that have all these different philosophies, it just makes me feel so fortunate. You know, I'm thinking, you know, and, and it's, it's hard not to feel a little cocky. I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, you know, you've got this belief and you've got this belief and you believe that and, and you're into this and, you know, you're into that. I've got Krishna. You know? How did I get so fortunate? I'm the most fortunate person here. I've got Krishna. You know? I, I've got Krishna as my Lord. And I'm thinking, wow. So, somehow or other, we have to try to distribute it. We, we try to... Uh, you know, and, and if people may... They, they may come to the realization, uh, and many people seem, seem to be, that the, the time for preaching is getting better and better all the time. This is a very good time for preaching, as far as I uh, can see. You know, like those folks we were preaching uh, uh, with in uh, San Antonio, all the people that come to the temple there. You know, these. Th this is a wonderful time because the younger folks, uh, first of all, they're not as degraded as we were. You know, they're not like we were when we were approaching Krishna. You know, the hippie thing. They're just nowhere near. And the thing is, they're humble, and they think they are. They think they're so degraded. And you, and you see, well, no, fortunately you're not. You know, you're much closer to being a human being than, than we were, you see. So, um, and uh, there's, a, there's a movement of people to find something spiritual, you see, to find out, to get spiritual answers. Now we may say, well, there has been, you know, since the 60s, but it's growing, you see. The material energy has grown uh, to the point that we've offered, we're offering more and more so-called material enjoyment, you see, and it's not working. You see, back in the 60s, we didn't have the cell phone and the internet kind of thing, and we didn't have all the gratification, the instant gratification thing. You see, we were looking for something else. We were, you know, kind of rejecting the material uh, some. Looking for something, some spiritual answer. Nowadays, uh, the folks, the, young, the younger generation seems to be, well now the material energy has given me all this stuff, which is proof positive to me then it's all garbage. I mean, I may use this or I may use that, but it's not working. Isn't it like that? The material energy, the things 
um, the material um, opportunities to enjoy materially through technology just aren't really doing it. So it's like, with everything that we have, still I need some spiritual uh, enlightenment. Yes? I'm going to say, I mean, at my age, I don't know if you remember this, but back in the 50s, I mean, they had those commercials and the nice ladies standing next to the refrigerator and things like that. They had all these different kinds of new appliances. And that was kind of the beginning of it, really. Yeah. So I, don't, I don't know what they had before that, but I don't think they had quite the same thing. Well, it was always similar, you know. They had an ice box. It's a wonderful box that's insulated, and you put you, the ice man comes, brings you a block of ice, and you put it in there, and it kept everything cool. You see, and before that, there was no way. Now, as people may say, "Oh my God, that's terrible!" Before the ice box, there was no way to cool anything. That's horrible. Well, no, it's really not. You know, people in India live without re refrigerators, don't they? Many yeah. people do. Yeah, they make uh, clay pots, and the clay pots, the water tends to be cold. Yeah. Because it leaks a little bit of water. And life is very good, yeah. you see. And we find out that not so many things have to be refrigerated anyway, to begin with. You know, in order, in order for me to sell you my refrigerator, I've got to convince you that you have a need. You know, your food will spoil. What if you get sick from eating spoiled food? Well, what do people do for thousands of years? You know, they might have to think, you know, this doll has been here for uh, so long, it's probably bad. Maybe I smell it. You know, we throw it out, give it to the dogs. Of course, nowadays, that's, that's, people wouldn't allow you to do that. That would be cruelty to the dog. You know, you have to go to the store and get him some expensive dog food. You know, you can't give him just doll. That would be horrible. That's, you see. So they've convinced people. In America, they refrigerate everything. I was at my sister's house a couple of years ago in Florida. I had to go down there for some family business, uh, some legal things that were going on. And I, she, I went to the refrigerator, and I looked, in, and she had gone to the store and bought things off the shelf. You know, things that don't need, they, they say right on, you know, that, uh, if, the, if it needs to be refrigerated, but they, they put these things on there as a, uh, uh, what is it, uh, uh, a notification well, that doesn't need to be refrigerated, but just to protect myself, I'm going to tell you to refrigerate after opening so that if you sue me from getting sick, I can say, well, I told you on the bottle, although it, it's not going to go, you know. So, uh, but things that hadn't even been opened, she bought off the shelf, not refrigerated, not open, bring it home, stick it right in the refrigerator. Disclaimer. Disclaimer, that's, yeah, that's what I was looking for. Thank you. But yeah, so everything, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, you don't have to refrigerate the stuff. You just, but she, she needed a bigger refrigerator. I remember she told me she had to get a bigger refrigerator. I'm thinking, so it's just a, a concept. This is an illusion. 
you see. You can live without a refrigerator. It's not, so what, what uh, the vices have done is convince you that you need it. You see? And they, huh? Yeah, if you don't have a refrigerator, you won't have to cook. You won't have to go to the market every day. You, in other words, you have a system. You go to the market every day, you buy fresh sabji, fresh vegetable and, and fruits, fresh yogurt, fresh milk. You know, it sounds like you've got a really good life because you're, you're eating fresh every day. And it's all natural, yeah. you see, because you go right to the guy who got it from the farm, and you're buying it, you take it home, and you're cooking it every day. Yeah. But I'm going to convince you that let me put some chemicals in it to make it stay a little longer, and you can buy my package. You don't have to go, and you can, uh, you can freeze it in your refrigerator, you know, in your freezer, you see. So in other words, I'm t I, I just... In order to sell you my technology, I stole away your natural way of eating. I, I, I convinced you that it's so inconvenient for you go, to go to the market every day and get your vegetables and fruits and yogurt and milk that uh, let me give you a refrigerator, take your milk home, keep it for a week. I'm going to put chemicals in it. I'm going to boil it. I'm going to do all this stuff. And it's not really healthy for you anymore. But you don't have to go get it every day. <laughs> I'm going to pasteurize it and do all, see, with, with so many things. And, and the promise is that I'm going to save you time. You're going to have more leisure time if you buy our appliances. So here we are 40, 50 years later. Does pe do people have more time? You know, do you have all these people sitting around leisurely? Seems like people are rushing around like crazy. Computers are supposed to save time. I think they take up time. They should come to Krishna Temple instead of going crazy. Yeah, come here. Yeah, they have free time. Yeah, yeah. If you have all this free time. Come here, meditate, chant Hare Krishna. Right. You see? It's not working. And the young folks are to, of today are figuring it out. They're seeing, you know, they're seeing through the cracks. Instead of increasing their desires. Yeah. 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 We'll take those desires away if you come to Krishna. If you, if you come to Krishna consciousness, those desires will go away. So, any other questions or comments? Yes, Mother? Um, it's kind of a comment. I was, you're talking about hypnosis, and I was just thinking that um, when we had the women's party, we would work um, Phoenix Fair every year, and you would uh, work the entrances because that's where everyone was coming in. So this one entrance, they had a hypnosis, a hypnotherapist there, and he had a stage, and you know, every day we're like listening to him, he's doing his thing, and asking people to come up from the audience and trying to, you know, put them under and we're listening and listening. We thought, that's it. We're going to get a tape that's going to hypnotize us into being enthusiastic for service, into being in that. 
And then we actually bought a tape. And um, we said, OK, then we're going to lie down and be in a very you know, calm state and let this enter into us. You know, so we put it on and you know, within like five minutes. <laughs> so it did make us peaceful, but it certainly didn't. You know, so there's nothing artificial um, you know, for that. I'm not you know, hypnotized by Krishna, so we have to be genuinely lovers of Krishna yeah. and try to do something artificial to uh, shorten that. He's casting his spell. You know, see that's that, that that's the thing. His he's always casting this spell of of love, of pure love. We're just not looking. We're trying to look for it's just in this verse. We're looking for yoga maya. You see, we're looking for maya. We want maya. We've turned our back on this spell that Krishna's casting. You know, it's like Krishna saying, hey, look at me. Look at me, aren't I beautiful? And we're like, oh, my dear yoga. My, I mean, my dear Maya, please give me this. Please give me that. Krishna saying, you don't want those silly things. You want me. Everything emanates from me. You can't want anything other than me. But I've given you this free will to make you, to allow you to think you can get some enjoyment from something other than me. But, you know, you can't. And we're like, oh, no, but if I had that nice car, if I had that nice, you know, if I had that attractive mate, you know, uh, that boy over there, he's so cute and mus muscular, he reminds me of a movie star. You know, he'd have to be kind and sweet, so if I had him, I'd be happy. And the men think, oh, look at this beautiful girl. You know, she's half my age, so if I, if, if I walked around with her on my arm, people would think I'm younger and I'm special. You see? <laughs> and Krishna's like, you fool. <laughs> Hello? I'm Krishna? I'm here? You know? Gosh, I'm going to have to send some devotees to preach to you. You need a book. You need some prasadam. You don't even see me? I'm here. Oh. Hello? <laughs> but we're avoiding it. We're avoiding Krishna. You know, at best, we think, okay, yes, you are wonderful, Krishna. But I want to put you on hold. You know, I, I, I want you, and I want this surrender, I want this loving relationship. You know, I really do, because I know, but... But not today. Not right away. I want you to stay on, you know, hold that thought. Let's stay in, in contact, you know. You know, here's my Facebook. Let's, let's stay, you know, connected. Because I'm going to go chase this, this relationship with this young girl or young boy or, you know, whatever your thing is. I'm going to go chase this relationship with money. I'm going to go do this. But you hang on. You not, don't go anywhere. Because what I want you, I'm going to come. You know, Because I've advanced to the point where I know you're the best. But I still want to. I know you are going to outshine any enjoyment that I may come across in the material world. But I'm still not ready to let go of my material pursuit. Because I could be wrong. 
I could be wrong. You may not be the ultimate. Maya might be able to give me the ultimate enjoyment. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, I don't want you to go away. And I'm, and I'm still going to think about you once in a while, maybe read, even chant Mr. Tipple, you know, once in a while. You know, so I'm not going to, but I'm really going to put my energy into Maya. I want to get this career, I want to get this position, I want to get this relationship, I want to get this substance to uh, intoxicate, whatever it is, you know, whatever, so many different attractions away from Krishna. You know, and I'm choosing to pursue them and to, I'm choosing to ignore you, Krishna. You see. What about um, relationships with a family member that you're wanting to help, that you're close to, like maybe your mother or your father? Um, I realize that's a relationship too. And what if you're still, you know, um, active in Krishna consciousness, but, you know, they do need your help? You have to give them uh, your help. You know, you have. Uh, uh, responsibility to your mother and family <clears throat> but it may not be as great a responsibility as we think materially you know uh, some people think well I have to uh, I have to be mommy's little girl I have to be mommy I have to fill this desire that mommy has for her son <clears throat> or her daughter you see because that's what what my mother always wanted was was for me to grow up and to bring my family to her house every Sunday and sit around or whatever, you know, to be a mama worshiper, whatever. You see what I mean? Now that's not common always, but I, I see that in some families that, you know, the mom and dad want the kids to come over and pay them a whole lot of attention. You see. Uh, and it's it's kind of on the material platform. If they're sick, you know, they they may need your help. You know, you you might have to help them with with their health or something. Uh, you may have to help them if they're poverty stricken. You see, but you should try to give them Krishna. Now they may say, "Oh, I don't want this Krishna," but thank you. So the best thing that you can do for your parents is be a devotee. That's the, that's the best offering you can make to the entire world is to be a devotee. You see? Because if you go back to Godhead, if you achieve, uh, achieve perfection in this life, and I don't see why you won't, unless you just say, I don't want to. But if you do, they'll go back to Godhead too. You see? And how many generations is it, Mother? One hundred? I thought it was ten before, you know, previous and ten in the future. Yeah, yeah, something like ten. Yeah, yeah, not only your mother and father, but ten generations back. They're all liberated. And ten generations going forward. Just from you being a devotee. 
you see. So that's the, first and foremost, you've got to demonstrate that you are a devotee of the Lord, you see. Now, they may, there may be some resistance because you're different, you know, you're not, you may not be, I don't know the, the setup with your family, but they, you may not be the type of religion that they always expected their little girl to, to be, you know. Definitely not. <laughs> you know, I went through that too and had some rough waters with my mother and family for several years. But then, on, just before my mother passed, uh, not quite on her deathbed, but shortly before that, she was saying that this was the most wonderful thing that I'd ever done, this taking the Krishna consciousness. Now this is like 35 years later. She was saying, I wish all of my children, you turned out better than all, all of the children, all of them had this problem, that problem, broken lives, and she said, boy, you know, if all my children had taken to this Krishna, mm. she said, you know, you turned out to be where that. She starts giving me, I was embarrassed, you know. And she, it was heartfelt. She really, really meant it. And it was kind of hard for her to say that. She had wanted to say it, I could tell, for a long time. But uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't spend a lot of time uh, around my, I, I'm a, 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 attached. I knew she was my mother and I loved her very much. But the devotee has a way of seeing all living entities as our soulmates. You know, you're my mother this birth, this lifetime. You know, but you weren't last time, more than likely. You see. So, in a way, the devotee thinks without being callous why should I give you any, anything, any special? Why should I deprive my love? Uh, that I have for this person, I shouldn't deprive them to give you more, a, a greater share. Some, yeah, there's respect and there is some, you know, there is love there, but I need to love every living entity, you see. Not just my children, you know, I'm taking care of my children as a grihasta, but I, I need to have this desire to take care of all children, you see. So, because I'm not my body. And my dear mother, you're not your body. My body is a byproduct of your body. And neither one of us are these bodies. <coughs> you see. So, uh, I have deep appreciation and deep love. And I always will. However, I can't give you maybe as much of my life as you may want or demand, you know. I mean, you can't, I don't know if you can say those words, but that should be in your mind, you see. All right, I think we better wrap it up, huh? Jai, all glories to Srila Prabhupada.